Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crucial Talks podcast. I'm your host, Mike Saddam. Here on the Crucial Talks podcast, we talk a lot about how people make decisions and how they make sense of the world around them. We talk about the identities people adopt and how those identities make us who we are. We tell stories to ourselves about those identities, and that ends up guiding us in our lives and what we do. This is why I'm so glad to welcome Marcus Ogden to the Crucial Talks podcast. What I love about Marcus is not only that he played professional football and not only that he's had to overcome a lot to get where he is today, and it's not only the value he provides to people and organizations through his speaking, it's not even his best-selling book, Sleepless Nights, The NFL, A Business and Family. It's really his story. It's a story about transformation and success. So welcome to the Crucial Talks podcast, Marcus. And what we'd love to do is start with a little about you and your story that has led you to where you are today and how you're using that to help people. How you doing, Mike? How's it going? Everything going all right? Very good, sir. Thanks for being on the podcast. Absolutely. So pretty much, you know, my name is Marcus Stockton. I'm a former NFL athlete. I'm from Washington, D.C. And what I do now is I'm a national and international keynote speaker. I go around the globe uh, from Mexico to Canada, doing some things, looking to get some things going in Europe soon. Uh, and just really talking about my story, telling people about who I am. Uh, I've been very fortunate to have some clients like J.P. Morgan and Chase, the Home Depot Company. I'm going to Axe Advisors uh, in New York City in September. I'm doing some. I've done work with Siemens, Cisco, NetApp, a lot of the major brands, and I really try to inspire people with my story to help them pursue and achieve greatness in their own lives. Well, and that's exactly why I love having you on here, because all we talk about here is how we can help people, how people can transform, how organizations can can transform, and about teamwork. And so I was hoping to start out by asking you if you could tell us about a defining moment in your life when it really changed the way you saw yourself and what ended up happening for you to change your life. My life-changing moment is what I call my spilled milk moment. When I was working as a janitor in downtown Raleigh, uh, probably about five years ago, I was taking out the trash and someone's trash got on my bare skin. At that time, I realized that if I don't make a systemic change to get my life back on track, this could be the rest of my life forever, where I'm just sitting there getting what life hands to me and not going for what I want. So that was the time about four and a half to five years ago when I decided to make a change. I decided to become a keynote speaker. I came home that morning, wrote down what I wanted to do, and I started to seek clarity and get a vision of what I was trying to do. Now, of course, I did not know it was going to be that hard to get started, but (laughs) my father always taught me that growing up, anything worth having to have to work for And another thing I found from this thing around different people, speakers and intellectual giants, that the number one thing that makes people successful is not social intelligence, it's not good looks, it's not luck, it's grit. And grit is basically seeing something through from the beginning and going even past the finish line. Well, and so is that, now you you talked to us about this transformation, right? You were you're working as a janitor and you spilled some milk on yourself and you make this decision that you got to go after what you want. And you, you talk about grit and you talk about the lessons you learned from your father. And so was that already ingrained in you 
when you were, I mean, cause you were, a you were playing professional football. So I would assume that that, that grit had to be there, but was it, was it harder because more mental or, or was it, was it because you had done so well as a professional football player that you already had that, that skill or that talent to that grit, or was it more of a mental thing where now you had to actually shift how you thought? Having grit playing the national football league is one thing that's basically doing what you have to do to protect other people's offensive line and help your team win. Grit on the football field is great and you need it, but grit in life is something totally different because grit in life, it's like in the NFL, and my wife talks about this all the time, things are kind of handed to you like you're, you know when practice is going to be, you know the schedule, you know when things are going to occur, you know when, you know when you t- it's time to eat, when it's time to go to, uh, to, to film study, when it's time to go out and practice and go you know, pre-walk before a game. So grit in football is definitely necessary, but grit in life, like what I had to go through, when I had no real roadmap, no real vision, no real plan of action, it's very different than trying to go through it when you are basically have no design, you have no, you have no roadmap or guidelines or blueprints in order to be successful. So it's a much different outtake uh, for sure. Well, and so that's what I love about your story, man, because you, you know, you grew up like the rest of us, right? I mean, you're obviously a great athlete, you made it to the professional level of athleticism, right? And everybody thinks, like I think, if you make it there, you make it through the NFL, you're set. But what happened was you actually, you had an injury, right? And that, that ended up kind of ending your NFL career? Yeah, I had a back, I had some back issues. I had an L4, L5 disc. And to be honest, I also was going through a depression. My father passed away and I was having a tough time adjusting without him. And, you know, I was a single man at the time, so I had no family, you know, to really support me in pushing forward through the tough times and dark times. So when my back injury came about uh, in the last year of my career, instead of kind of pushing through and persevering, I kind of just shut it down and said, you know what, this is probably not for me. And I had grit to make it through my career, but the back injury was just very damaging, and I just wasn't trying to work through it like I normally would have early in my career. Well, and so, and that really, I think, touches a lot of people, right? Because they hear, you know, people are going to listen to this podcast and you're going to hear, oh, he's got Marcus Ogden on. Oh, he's an NFL player. But really what, what your story is and why I love it so much is not that you're an NFL player, right? Like I am a fan of the NFL, but I'm not somebody who just thinks everybody in the NFL, NFL is great. What I care about, what I think a lot of other people care about is really this story that you tell. Because we all have a similar story, right? We all have had downtimes and we've all had depression. We all feel like we sometimes we don't know where we're going. So your story, I think, touches a lot of people because it gives everybody this idea on how to get where they want to go, even if it means they've got to transform themselves. And I know one of your keynotes, because I know you're a great speaker. I've watched you. You speak. I've heard uh, things about you already. And one of your keynotes talks about this ability to transition, having a transition plan, and how, what do you need to do as a person to successfully transition? Can you give us any tips on what you have learned um, that we might be able to, to take from you that would help us? Sure. There are three main things that you must endure or you must 
set your sights on to help you successfully transition in my eyes. Number one is you have to identify your inner circle, okay? Who can help you through the transition? Family, friends, people from early part of your life, you know, old uh, sporting teammates. Uh, you know, if you're a professional athlete, people may be in the, uh, in the front office of the team you play for. Or, or uh, you know, find somebody and I identify your inner circle. Who can help you? Who can be that sounding board as you start to transition? Number two is set a clear vision. I hear people talk a lot about dreams and dream big, and I'm, and I'm okay with that. Like, if you want to dream, that's fine. But to me, in my opinion, dream is what you do when you are asleep. So to me, dreaming is basically you're hoping and wishing for something to happen. And again, when we fall asleep, we dream about life, things like that, but it's not real. I mean, it's not really... We're not going through the action at that time. So that's why I always say set a vision. Set a vision of what you are trying to accomplish. And number three is take immediate action. So, you know, again, the three things that I feel that are necessary when you transition are number one, identify your inner circle. Number two, set a clear vision of what you're trying to accomplish and achieve. Number three, take immediate action towards achieving your new transition. Well, and I love that. So really this three-step plan kind of fits with everything we talk about here on the Crucial Talks podcast. And it's this, this ability of people to tell themselves stories, but to make those stories about the identities we adopt, right? Like you went from wanting to be a, a football player to having to uh, adopt this new role as being a janitor just to support yourself to hey, this isn't good enough. This is my new role. This is what I want to do. And you were able to identify that new goal. And then you started taking action about it. And But before we get to that, what I want to talk about is this idea of identifying your inner circle. Because one of the other things we talk about is the importance of having group relationships and, and the, as people, how we're social animals and we crave belonging, we need esteem from other people. How did you identify this inner circle and who could help you with this transition? To tell you the honest truth, I remember when I got down here to North Carolina from, the, from Baltimore, I was in a scramble. I was almost, I was about a week away from being homeless. The NFLPA stepped in to help me with the Gene Upshaw Trust Fund through the Player Care Foundation. And when that happened, I was able to get a chance to breathe and get on my feet. I worked for Merrill Lynch, got let go, went to a job at a construction company, got let go. I was fired twice in a week. I started coaching football instructional sessions. I remember I would troll my living social to find names to start reaching out to to start coaching so I could, talk, I could build some revenue stream. One of my first, I'm sorry, not one of, my first client ever was Mr. Dave Nisvisky, who I found out after a little while used to be head of the healthcare for the state of North Carolina for a Fortune 500 company, NetApp. And I told Dave what I was trying to do, what I wanted to do as a speaker. And he said, okay, Marcus, everything, if anything ever comes up, I'll let you know. I'll talk to my resources, stuff like that. So I used my skill of coaching football 
to build a relationship with Mr. Nisbisi because I was coaching both his boys in football technique and we became friends. Dave ends up giving me my first non-paid job with his company, NetApp, in downtown Chicago at Mike Dicka Steakhouse. That was my first job, again, non-paid, for a Fortune 500 company. It was actually my first, one of my, one of my first actual jobs ever. So by leaning on my inner circle with Mr. Nisbisky, and then from there, getting a reference letter and kind of slowly building out my archive, that's how I transitioned from a former NFL athlete who was an eight-figure business owner to a bankrupt business owner to a hardworking janitor to a national keynote speaker. Well, I think that's awesome because what you've, what you've kind of led us into now is this idea of the importance as people to have these relationships. I mean, you, you obviously had the, the drive and you obviously had this great knowledge and ability to communicate with people. And that led to this, it seemed like it led to this relationship that because it was built on, on trust and it was built on uh, just two people that, that got along and supported each other, you were able to use that to gain some, some opportunity for your hard work to actually make you into what you are today, or at least start you down that path. Let me, let me tell you a short story, Mike. So probably, you know, for the last year and a half, one of my good friends, her name is Dawn Wiener. She ends up helping me, you know, put together more eye-catching content for social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera. I started posting the content that she created for me. She created a post for me. It was, this was in mid-December, mid to late December. And it said, if you don't bet on yourself, why would anybody else? And after doing that, I got a note from a friend of mine. His name was, Nat, at the time, it wasn't a friend of mine. At the time, I didn't even know him. His name was Josh Folds. Josh works for PNC Bank. Josh was going to go into a big meeting with the CEO of PNC Bank, Mr. Bill Dimchak. And Josh said he was kind of nervous, you know, because it's the CEO of the bank, big, big meeting. He looked down and saw my comment about believing yourself. Went in there, had a great meeting with Bill, came out, texted me on, through LinkedIn, DM, direct messaged me and said, Marcus, you don't know me, but your content is so inspiring. It's been helping me out. I, you have no idea. I said, Josh, thank you very much. Why don't we set up a call to talk? We talked the following week. I was a keynote speaker at that time doing a, a lot of jobs for money. I was getting paid well. I never brought up to him about trying to hire him or have him hire me as a, as a client. So we had a great talk about maybe six weeks goes by. He sends me a note. Hey, Marcus, there's a potential uh, speaking opportunity for a diversity and inclusion talk at our corporate headquarters in Pittsburgh in May. Are you interested? Messaged him back. Of course I am. After that, make a long story short, I had three interviews with the Diversity and Inclusion Council for PNC Bank. I got hired to that job. After that job, did a great job, had great reviews. Then I did a job for Josh directly and his team in Jupiter, Florida in June. That went well, got rave reviews. Then I just got through doing a job for PNC in Orlando on this, this past Tuesday for the entire SBA and healthcare sales team. So the point I'm trying to make is, Mike, is that consistent, positive LinkedIn messaging that Dawn created, I posted, led me to Josh Folds. 
Josh Foles led me to speak at PNC Bank's corporate headquarters. And now I've done three jobs for PNC Bank as a keynote speaker in the last 90 days. So again, building trust, delivering an excellent quality product, and having diligent follow-up has helped me succeed in sales as a speaker, but specifically with PNC Bank for the last 90 days. Yeah, I've been watching some of that on LinkedIn. You're doing an awesome job with them. And so it, it really seems like, hey, this relationship building is important, but so is having this level of trust. Like the product you put out is something that people understand. They can see it. It makes sense to them. And I really think it, it makes sense to them because I've seen the post. And what I think the reason is it makes so much sense to people is because you're, you're authentic. You've been there. It's not the, you know, the NFL player that made a bazillion dollars and then all of a sudden took that bazillion dollars and started a company. It's a guy that did a good job, lost it, and then was able to come back and is now providing everybody else with this, you know, your three-step plan. Identify your inner circle. Oh, absolutely. So, and so this, this, now let's move on to this next thing, right? You, we talked about the fact that you have to identify your inner circle, right? You got to have your in group. You got to have people you trust. You got to have your tribe. But then you said, set a clear vision and that this thing is different than a dream because a dream, you know, you said it yourself, it's what you do when you're asleep, but a vision. And this is what I'm, I want to uh, talk about real quick because a vision to me, it's from what you said, seems like something that you can actually, it's something you have created, something you have constructed in your own mind for yourself. What does that actually look like when you're at, when you're trying to create this vision that can get you to the next level or get you into something new? You have to, oh, when you, you create your vision, you have to base it off what you are good at. What are your strengths? And then you start setting a plan. A, uh, a vision or goal without a plan is just a wish. And it's so vital that you write things down, hold yourself accountable, put yourself on timetables, get things accomplished, get others around you to hold you accountable. Make it really, truly a, a venture and a vision that can be accomplished with actionable steps. So when you're creating your vision, whatever that may be, it's like your blueprint, start putting on yourself timetables, identify who can help you in your vision, what are you good at, what are you weak at, if you're weak at areas, who can you bring in and identify and give you some strength in that area, put together a full comprehensive cognitive plan so that when you're moving into your vision, you truly can achieve it either with help from people in certain areas or outsource help or whatever it has to be like. For me, I have, we have a great team for our vision of being a great keynote speaker and a leadership coach and creating online platforms. I have a speaker manager out of Chicago. She's phenomenal. I've got Dawn who does all my content creation. I've got a great website team out of California. I've got a great lady who does all my PowerPoints here in Raleigh. I've got a guy who's out of Missouri that handles all of our marketing, branding, lead generation, and other type of uh, strategic planning for our brand. With those individuals on our team and working as a comprehensive unit, I also have a lady that does our email marketing as well. Everyone on the team knows what they have to do, and we attack every day with the vision and we set goals, and we, by, by setting the goals, we actually set a plan of action to achieve those goals and, uh, and fulfill our vision. 
And that's how we're getting off where we are today, where we have speaking jobs like AXA or JP Morgan, or we're getting interest from uh, big organizations like LEA or the NFLPA, because we have a vision and we're setting an action plan to achieve that vision. Well, and I love this. And this is where I think the listeners to the Crucial Talks podcast actually get this, because what we talk about all the time is these teams that make up everything we do in life are made up of people that play different roles. And what you hit on here is that you've said, look, don't just dream, but create a vision that has actionable steps. And what I love about what you just said and the, the message you get out there is the vision that you use to be so successful is shared between your website team, your speaker manager, the person that helps you with your PowerPoint, your marketing folks, and all of these people, even though they're not, they're not Marcus Ogden, the speaker, they share Marcus Ogden, the speaker's vision. And based on the roles they play, they're able to take steps to achieve those goals. I think that is awesome. Yep. And let me tell you, I kissed a lot of frogs to get to, uh, to get to the, uh, to the presence. I've we've had some really bad people with marketing in the past and with other PowerPoints in the past and who we have now on our team from our speaker manager, Donna out of Chicago to Todd uh, and his and Dorian out of California to Dawn here in Raleigh to Wendy uh, in Raleigh, to Clay, who does our videos, to, you know, Nicholas, who does all of our marketing and branding, you know, to everybody, you know, that's on the, on the roster. Yeah, it's a much, much better outlay, and we're able to achieve what we're trying to do because we all have a plan, and we all agree on the vision of where we're trying to go. Well, that's awesome. Um I mean, that, that, that whole shared vision thing is so powerful for teams. And it's great that not only do you go into places and talk about it, but you're proving it because you're doing it. Um, I think that is awesome. So from there, I would like to move into this third step, the taking immediate action. So say you're talking to a guy like me, right? I've got a full-time job. I've got a profession. I do the podcast and the speaking, the, that sort of thing on the side. But I'm a one-man show, basically. So somebody like me right, where we don't have a website team or speaker manager, or somebody to help us with marketing and all that. But we do now, we start out with this dream maybe. Now we have this vision and we come up with some action steps to take. Why is it so important to take immediate action? Why can't I just wait for like six months until I feel like I'm ready or something like yeah, that? Yeah, you know what, Mike? You may not be alive in six months. <laughs> something could happen. You could get hit by lightning, you get hit by a car. You know, why put, off to, why put off tomorrow what you can do today? Every time you delay and you wait in accomplishing your vision, that's another second you have to work to twice as hard, three times as hard to make up the time that you lost. And I've learned this. You're going to make mistakes along the way. And my saying with that is if you make a mistake, own it, fix it, move on. But when you delay, as a leader, you're delaying not just you, but your whole staff, your whole vision, your whole team, your whole entourage of people around you that are trying to help you. So delaying is just like, there's a saying, you know, procrastination is a stress reliever because we're so used to procrastinating in our lives and putting things off. And it's a stress reliever. But in reality, 
it really builds up more stress because at some point you have to face the music. At some point you have to, you have to dance in the moonlight. You have to get it done. If you don't get it done, you will always be the guy that had the dream that never turned into a vision. Like, I was just like that. When I started five years ago, it was just me. My wife helped as much as she could, but we had a young child. It was just me. I was doing, I would pitch my for uh, an inexpensive website. I would, you know, create stuff. I would get picture images off of uh, off Google and put them on social media, trying to get, gain a constant. I would try to do my own PowerPoints. I would try to, I try to do all that stuff. I, I, I have been that guy, Mike, who was by himself. So I have been there. But slowly, when you start taking immediate action and getting slow, consistent results, you prove credibility. When you start to prove credibility, people are going to start to follow you and want to start joining your, your caravan. Does that take time? Yes. You have to build trust? Absolutely. But if you don't take immediate action and you put off till tomorrow what you can do today, all you're doing is procrastinating, which might feel like a stress reliever. But in reality, all you're doing is, is you're mounding up and building up to the point where if you don't get some help, you're going to explode. Well, and that's awesome because what you've just really said is, hey, look, you have your plan. You've got to stay, start taking some action because delaying it just makes it worse. And what I really liked where you went with it from there is, yeah, you started by yourself, but then you had people depending on you. And if you wait, if you don't take action, you're really not only hurting yourself, you're hurting that tribe that you count on, that group, that team that, that you count on and that counts on you. So before I let you go, I know you're a busy man. I know you got to get going. But can we talk about this, this notion of, of trust? Because you're, you yourself, you're leading a team right now. You're leading the Marcus Ogden team to, you know, to get your speaking gigs and to get you uh, out there and to market you and all this stuff. So as a leader, how do we build trust? As a leader, how, how do we actually develop that trust you're talking about? There's three steps to building trust that I'll close with for the podcast. As you really brought up a good point, I believe building trust is one of the most important things in life, in sales, in anything you do. Number one is competency. Can you get done what you say you're going to get done? Number two, reliability. Can you get done what has to be done in the time frame that's set and necessary to succeed? And number three, do you have your team's best interest and your client's best interest at heart? If you are competent, reliable, and you have people's back, you build trust. And by building trust, it produces productivity. And by producing productivity, you end up putting yourself in a situation where success becomes a necessity. Success and excellence is a necessity, not a want. So again, the three things are, is, uh, is competency. Number two, reliability. Number three, do you have your clients and your team's best interests at heart? And what I didn't hear you say was you never said you have your own best interests at heart. You talked about other people. Uh, that's awesome. Oh yeah, there's there, there's if you only have your best interest at heart, then you're you're screwed. It's about true leadership. It's about serving those that work for you, with you. So you're serving those that work for you. Servant leadership. 
The best leaders serve a cause greater than themselves. Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa, Dr. King, Rosa Parks. If you take this attitude into business and as a leader, show it by the actions you do, not the words you say, you will be very, very happy with what you come out with. Well, I think on that, we can close out this episode because everything you've covered from the fact that you want to identify your inner circle to setting a clear vision, taking immediate action, and how to build trust through competency, reliability, and having your team's best interests and class best interests at heart. I think those things are wonderful lessons everybody can learn from. Now, if they want to learn more about Marcus Ogden, if they want Marcus Ogden's help, if they want to get more value from you, how do people get a, get in touch with you? If you're looking, uh, you can go to my website, which is www.marcusmarqesogden.com. If you're looking for a leadership coaching, executive coaching, team coaching, you can go to my website and email me, which is marcus at marcusogden.com. If you're looking to hire me for a keynote speaking opportunity for your organization or for a workshop, you can contact my speaker manager, Ms. Donna Boutiste, which is going to be Donna, D-O-N-N-A, at PlatinumSpeakersAgency.com. And her webs and her email and her cell phone number are on my website at the bottom. You can even fill out a little bit of information about an event you have coming up if you like on the website directly. But Miss Donna Batiste handles all my speaker inquiry and my speaker inquiries. If you're looking for leadership coaching, brand building, things like that, you can email me get at Marcus at MarcusOgden.com. Awesome. I will put all of that contact information in the show notes and I will give a special shout out to Donna because she's the one that actually put us together. And I think this is probably one of the most valuable episodes I've had just because you hit everything so concisely. Everything has been something that everybody can learn from and actually use like today, uh, right now. Like as soon as they get done listening to this, they can, they can do it. So Marcus, thank you for your time. It's been a great conversation. I personally got a lot out of it, and I know a lot of people listening did too. And all I can say is thanks for taking what you've had to go through and using it to better everybody else. That is that is super awesome. You don't see it a lot today, and the fact that you're out there doing it, helping other people is, is great. I really want to thank you for your time and for this episode, and keep doing what you're doing, man, because a lot of people need to hear it. Sounds good, Mike. I look forward to it. And uh, anytime you want to need, you need anything, just reach out and uh, look forward to work with you again in the future. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot. Keep up the good work. I'll keep following you on LinkedIn and all over the place because I see I'm seeing you everywhere, man. So I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely keep looking out for you. All right. Sounds good, Mike. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. All right. Well, that was Marcus Ogden, former NFL player former guy who spilled milk and taking what he learned and making it better. And also being able to share all of that with us. If you need anything, you can reach him at marcusogden.com or marcus at marcusogden.com. Or you can reach his speakers bureau at platinumspeakeragency.com. And that'll be Donna. That's who you'll want to talk to. Thank you very much for listening. If you have a chance, 
I'd love for you to visit the Crucial Talks website at www.crucialtalks.com and connect with me via email, LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. If you need anything from me or would like me to speak at your organization, please reach out. Also, if you could do me a quick favor, share the podcast, leave a review, and rate it. I would greatly appreciate it. This will help other people find these great interviews just like the one we had with Marcus. Have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people.